away. Let's roll. So, hello everybody. Welcome to the Curious Entrepreneur podcast, episode three of season two. And I am privileged to present to you the wonderful Andrew and Pete. Hey everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. So excited to be here. Season two is looking (laughs) powerful lineup. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm proper grateful to have you. Um, so how would you pitch yourself in 30 seconds? Do you want to start us off, Andrew? Oh yeah. How would we pitch ourselves? So we are Andrew and Pete. We set up our business when we were 21, fresh out of university. And it's been through various iterations. Right now we run Atomic, which is a membership community for small business owners. We teach them how to scale their business, how to sell without the sleaze. And we also run a conference as well called Atomicon. It's an annual conference, happens every year, teaches small business owners how to sell, how to market themselves, how to grow. That's a good pitch, like that. That was banging. Go pick your turn. We have a brand yeah, called Atomic. <laughs> it's all about helping the small but mighty, so one-man businesses. And we believe that you can run a hugely successful business that's scalable, which means you don't need to have all these stuffy offices and 10,000 million employees, but you can actually have an amazing quality of life, freedom, and be able to support people because you're making so much money with a scalable business model. And that's what we want to help people do, have that freedom to be able to do that. Hence, hence Atomic, Small But Mighty. Nice. nice. Welcome. Welcome to both of you. Small but mighty. And we'll come on to that as well. So before before you kick off with a question, I just want to say, so I I remember meeting Andrew and Pete at Cambridge Social Media Day four years ago. Yeah, that's going back. That was, yeah, I would think even longer. Was it longer than that? that I can't remember. 2018, maybe 2019? Yeah, because it was in Cambridge, right? It was a physical one. Yeah. Yeah. And you blew my... I I remember listening to your your talk and and i still remember it was the uh, yes. i think you were talking about the 90 10 yes. rule is that right that, that's still a thing that you kind of champion yes definitely so the 90 10 rule we essentially we did a we got curious about why people were creating really crap content online versus why people were doing like really remarkable content and we went down this rabbit hole of what does it actually take to be more remarkable online why are people just creating blase average content mm. And what we thought at first, it was a problem with creativity. We thought it was that people are not creative or they are creative. And that's where like the original kind of investigation started. Like, what does it mean to be creative? What we actually discovered was that the people that were doing really well with content, they weren't trying to do it all. (laughs) And I think one big problem people were having when it came to being more creative with their content online was they were spreading themselves so thin because they were looking at people that had a podcast and a YouTube and LinkedIn going and everything was going and everything looked great. And they thought I should be doing that too. So they tried to do it. And then they just end up doing everything averagely. Mm. Where when we actually looked into like the big content success stories, they only did one thing remarkably well first. They like nailed the podcast or they nailed their Instagram or they nailed their email marketing. They nailed something, got known for that. And once you're known in one platform, it's much easier to grow other platforms. It's much easier to make money from that platform so you can like grow a team, so you can actually outsource more of the content, so you can spend more time on other platforms. Mm. 
So like the 90 10 rule, it was essentially spend 90% of your efforts just doing one thing really well. 10% you can faff on, you can experiment, you can be in other places, you can repurpose. But if you really want to grow online, like don't try to do it all, just do one thing remarkably well. And like it goes from, it's not just content, like that applies to kind of everything to sales, to what you're selling. Like if you're trying to do too much stuff, especially as a startup business or a small business, we just don't have the manpower. And it doesn't mean that we can't do remarkable work. We just need to do it in less places. Love yes. that. So, so the principle still, still stands today? Still use it today, yeah. Well, it, still I remember it from five years ago. So you did the, you did the right thing. You, you, you made the impact. Nice. Good. <laughs> first, first brain nugget of the uh, of the pod yeah, already. Sorry, I've, I've jumped. I've jumped the queue. I've jumped the queue. I'm sorry. So, so as always, uh, I'll kick it off with the same same question. So, what sparked both of your, um, well, your curiosity to begin the journey that you're on? Today? For us, we're just obsessed by getting results for small business owners. We really really love to just drill down and figure out what the deeper issues are that are holding people back so for example when you're trying to grow your business it's things like why why aren't people selling you know why aren't people spending time on sales well <laughs> it's not just because they don't like it but some of the reasons are things like the service isn't scalable so once you hit capacity or once you bring on clients, if you're a service-based business owner, for example, like a graphic designer or an accountant or a photographer, once you get busy, then you just don't prioritize sales anymore. And that's one of the reasons why people go into like the peaks and troughs of, of businesses, because, you know, as soon as you get busy, you stop doing business development. When that client work dies but down, you don't have any leads. So then you have to do a mad scramble for leads again. And then it just goes in these peaks and troughs, which is no good. So it's it's things like that. And typically speaking, a lot of small business owners don't charge enough. And if you don't charge enough, you have to work longer hours. And if you work longer hours, then you can't do more time on sales. And then you've also got like the argument for like procrastination, because a lot of people don't want to do sales because they're worried about being rejected, putting the face out there, coming across as sleazy, like coming across as arrogant or making money is sometimes even seen as a bad thing so then you've got like the mindset issues to deal with and confidence and self expectations and so we we start to look further than the typical advice out there so most people when they're looking to grow the business or when they're getting advice on youtube they'll find these videos like oh my god like here's this amazing like strategy that will like 10x your business and it's like all right it's it's really simple it's just like send some more emails right, and ask for the sale but no amount of amazing digital marketing knowledge is gonna like do the full job for people because it's only half the battle so we need to figure out what these other problems are for example like people don't schedule the diary so if you ask any small business owner, like what you're doing at like 11.45 tomorrow, they might have like a block of time, but they don't know exactly what task they're doing. 
Um, most people don't break down their tasks enough. They'll have in the diary like content time or like social media time or they'll have sales time or they'll have things like launch webinar or do SEO. And it's like, that's not a task because you come to that point in your diary and it's like, well, I can't do that task. I need to break it down. So there's things like planning and organization. There's, there's things like price, like if you, you need to charge enough to price yourself so that you can afford to outsource. Most people don't even think about outsourcing because they think that they can do it better and they're in control and no one else can do what they do. So they tend not to outsource. They tend not to raise the price. People don't have a scalable way of delivering their offering other than typical routes such as a membership or a course. And then we have a, we have a fatal, we have a, a thing that we hate in our industry, which is people constantly talk about launching courses and memberships. And that a lot of people is just not right for them. And so many people fall into the trap of launching a course or a membership. And they've got like a hundred email subscribers and it's not growing particularly fast either. And so what do you think will happen when you launch a course? Well, you might sell one or you might get five people to join your membership max. And then after that, what's going to happen? Well, now you've got like a part-time job, which is to manage this membership, keep it updated, fill it with new content, look after your existing customers. Then you've got to improve the customer experience. Then you've got to improve the sales funnel, you have to grow your audience, all in the meantime, where you're making like a hundred pounds a month from these five members that have joined a low ticket membership. And people think that lower price means easier to sell, but it's not. So yeah, I'm kind of waffling now, but my point is it's like, Pete's very curious. <laughs> well, well, Pete's super curious about, about a lot. Like, like going yeah, a little bit deeper than what most experts curious about do. a lot. <laughs> yeah, like that. I love that. It started with, how do people sell? <laughs> Why isn't that selling? To like that. I love it. <laughs> Many hats. What, what about what about you, Andrew? Well, pretty much the same. Yeah. Like, to go back to the, like the original question, like we've always been obsessed with business like both of us from an, an early age we run the we met when we were 18 we um, run the entrepreneurs society at university and we were just obsessed by like how are people making money like how are they marketing themselves like how are they standing out from their industry like both of our families have had like a bit of entrepreneurship in them my dad mm -hmm. runs his own business and um, a lot of pete's family have run their own business as well and i think we always well, I don't know about you, Pete, but I was like, it was always a, a dream to like be my own boss. I never saw it as a reality going into university. I did an economics degree. Pete did entrepreneurship and management. <laughs> so I think he was like much further on like, but I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I was like, that's cool. But is that totally doable? And then I think when we met, we kind of egged each other on a lot and we thought you know what let's just do it so 2020 2011 sorry we graduated i was moving to newcastle to live with my girlfriend and i said to pete let's just come with me like we'll do we'll do this together we'll work it out so we've never actually had a proper job so we graduated set up that was like 12 years ago now 
and <laughs> yeah, we just made it made it work awesome. massively along the way. <laughs> I can just imagine you like going with your get like over to Newcastle and Pete like just like yeah. bird wheeling along the way. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly we were we all lived like she was still a student she was doing a five-year course so there was me my girlfriend pete and another flatmate the four of us in this like student flat <laughs> in newcastle like they were still like student lifestyle me and pete were like no we are like setting up our business we are going to like put on suits <laughs> and go to networking events because we are business people and honestly it was just looking back i don't know how we like survived because like we made all the mistakes like we had no clue what we were doing we were running a um, graphic design well we had a few ideas but ultimately we settled after about six months on graphic design web design that was kind of like a skill that we had and we could do and it kind of let us find our feet into like the marketing and business world growth you know we were doing like marketing advice on the side like hey you've got a website do you want to like learn how to like get some traffic to that do you want to learn like actually what you should put on this website to get people to buy from you so we kind of like wet our feet in the marketing side as we were building people's websites designing their logos mm. eventually we like stopped doing that became like a marketing company and then from there we went on to like the membership and the conference and so so forth mm -hmm. interesting interesting go on no because I'm, I'm interested so pete obviously you say there that like you see a lot of the time where people are selling like, mm. like low cost membership and that's actually shooting themselves in the foot we have so i know i'm looking into what you do you're like you don't like the word yeah but like but you but looking at your, what you do and stuff like you don't like the word small business so how did you go from <laughs> oh, like small to so mighty for us like Andrew said, we fell into all the traps and we launched a low ticket membership when we had no audience. This is why we know firsthand why it's such a bad idea <laughs> uh, because it yeah. almost killed us in terms of stress and anxiety and yeah. hard work and effort that we had to put in to get that going. We would have performed way, way better if we'd have just grown our audience and spent our time doing that rather than launching the membership. And instead, just focused on increasing our prices. Mm. We were too scared to increase our prices. Um, and that would have just made us more money as our audience grew. And then we could have outsourced, built a team, and so forth. And eventually, one day, grown and launched a membership. The thing that makes us mighty, um, and I'm not self-proclaiming that we are mighty, but this is the, the ethos behind Atomic, the brand, is the scalable element. So... A lot of people, they, they, join, they join the world of entrepreneurship because they don't want to get into that rat race of corporate and, and having a job and having a nine-to-five. And personally, like, I really don't believe in, like, employment. Like, it's good for some people, of course, but, like, I think... I think there's an argument that everyone could be an entrepreneur, if not should be in some ways. And I think that it gives you the ultimate freedom and it's the ultimate life challenge to kind of fully self-actualize in who you are. And when you can create a scalable business model, it basically means that you can make money in less time, right? That's our definition, make more money in less time. So rather than 
being like a slave to the time that you spend in your job or in your business, you can kind of create your own boundaries and limits with that. So, you know, the extreme being you don't have to do any work in the business. And the, you know, other end of that is you still work in your business, but you do like just the juicy bits, you know. And this to us really excites us. And I think it's what a lot of people get into business for because they want the lifestyle, the flexibility. They want to spend more time at home with the kids, but they can't because they're too stressed or they're working too much. So it's, it's, go on. Yeah. And what we're, go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're not talking about passive income. Like passive income isn't really a phrase that we like or use because I think it like perpetuates this myth that you <laughs> I hate, just... I hate that phrase. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. Because like, we're not, everything takes time. Like if you've got a membership, people say like memberships is like the ultimate passive income. Absolutely not. I feel like anyone that says that has never had a successful membership because the more members you get, the more work it is, the more support tickets you've got, the more onboarding you need to do, the more like posts they are in the group. Like there, it takes a lot of work to run like a membership. So like when we're looking at like scalable business models, generally it's like, it's three ways. So it is like scalable products is one, like totally memberships and courses. You can sell more and spend less time, but you need an audience for that to work mm -hmm. well. And you need to like build a team around you so you can actually like support all of those new customers that you're gonna get. The other two ways are to actually build your team. So still deliver services or deliver products, but have a team supporting you. It could be employed team or it could be like a freelance team. We have a team of about 20 freelancers working with us at this point that's helping us actually serve all of our customers and it's a really good way if you are a service-based business to take on more clients without necessarily like the risks and the headaches of employing at first but be able to serve more people and then the other way is just raise your prices like literally just raise your prices if you charge double then you can literally work half the amount of time and still make the same amount of money now we're not saying like doubling your prices is necessarily good advice, but for a lot of people, you could double your prices. You could triple your prices maybe, especially if you're just starting out. If you're like a speaker, for example, you can get charged like nothing for speaking versus like 50 grand, a hundred grand for speaking. Mm -hmm. Like that's a scalable business model. Get better, charge more. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. And then have a nice lasagna. Have a nice lasagna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's what, can I, like, I'm just listening to you guys and, and I, you know, so I built a membership mm. um, called Shifties, which is a micro business <laughs> uh, membership. Blimey, it nearly killed me. You know, I, these gray hairs here are because of that, you know. And, um, you know, we had a decent membership, you know, that's finished awesome. about 1,400 members and, you know, and I actually in the end decentralized it. We actually decentralized it to give it back mm. to the community because it's just, you know, it was killing me, quite frankly. Um, but listening to you, I've got a shared passion for micro businesses. I love micro businesses. So I yeah. describe a micro business as not, you know, under nine employees. So I, I also have an issue with the term SME because it's so broad. And I don't, I don't think micro businesses, whether it be freelance or micro teams, are very well represented when it comes to policy change, when it comes to, you know, if you're a micro business, for instance, 
you should be guaranteed to be paid within seven days of invoice, you know, which, which is ha something that happens in other countries uh, based on revenue. Uh, if you're under a million revenue, for instance, I think it's in Germany, you have yeah. to pay your invoice on receipt. Like there are things that micro businesses aren't represented well enough uh, in. So I think we've got definitely got a shared love for uh, what micro businesses can do for humans. But I see the trap. So like you, I think we've probably had good visibility over the last in many years on different business plans and you know, the, the under the hood of many different businesses around the UK. And just you know, the, everything you just described, just snip this out and just send that to every micro business owner. Because if you just, you've got to have that. It's really, it's really, it's a hard thing with micro business because you, you're humble because you know you're a micro business and you, you know you've got a lifestyle business and, and you want that to be part of your brand and you want that to be part of your identity, but you also have to have that ambition mm. to, to want and be more at the same time. And it's and that's the kind of how entrepreneurship helps, I think, it's as a mindset. Because I, I do believe that. And one of our champions, Pierce Linney, who was one of uh, episode two, I think, of, of this series, um, I remember speaking to him at Anthropy about this and he stood up and said to Sadiq Khan, who's obviously the mayor of London, he said, he said, I think everyone will be an entrepreneur one day. I think everyone will be self-employed. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, th I, I think everyone should be self-employed. Everyone should do their own tax returns. Everyone should, you know, if you, I mean, if you think of a Sam, remember where Sam Cousins is here. Yeah. We had a graphic designer, so you started as graphic designers, right? So one of you were a graphic designer, one of you was building websites, right? So Sam, who's a young guy who we, we employed, last year when he when he first arrived here he said i'm a graphic designer i said what does that mean he went well I'm, you know I, I do graphic design i was like why are you put yourself in the box what does it mean you won't do animation you won't you won't, why are you not exploring because if you look at the path of a what's the career path of a graphic design you can go graphic designer maybe senior graphic designer maybe creative director or and that it just mm. ends whereas if you're an entrepreneur you can be anything and that's a scalable thing forever so I really kind of re I really relate to the stuff that you you're talking about. I really relate to what you stand for as a brand because we need more organisations in the economy that are representing micro but mighty businesses um, to to <laughs> support you. them. I, I, I really awesome. I, I really just wanted to say I really relate to you guys on on Thank this you. point. <laughs> no, we totally agree. In fact, like one of the first things we do when people join our membership, I think it's in the first training, definitely in the first few, we get them to like redefine like who they are. And like rather than saying like i am a graphic designer we get them to say i own a graphic design company nice so you, you got like that that's... separation between yes, the person i own a graphic design company like when you when you scale this up like what are you going to be if you really love graphic design like sure you can like keep on doing graphic design but like you're not a graphic designer especially when you run a business like yeah. you are a business owner yeah that's interesting yeah whenever we do interactive workshops and we're doing intros the rule is you can't share your job title. No, who are you? Who are you yeah. at a human level? That's a really important point. Like, cool. and it's the same when you were talking about diary earlier. Like, where you see, you know what I'm like. I'm like, I'm trialing something at the moment actually, which is really interesting because right. um, I like that zebra diary. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Oh, right, okay, I'm yeah. like, bang, hit up a sales call, 15 minute break, bang. Like, I can't see blank space in my, even if it's creative time, even if it's. Um, you know, time with my family, it's got to be in my diary. You, you can plan yeah. this stuff. It's got to be, you've got to own your time. But one of the things that I often champion around this is instead of saying, what are you doing today? Or what are you doing next? 
asking the question, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a young entrepreneur coming in or a young could be no it doesn't mean age you might just be year one a year one 60 year old entrepreneur has the same experience as a 19 year old entrepreneur who's been in there for one year instead of asking what are you doing today ask who are you today am i business development for inspire to ignite yeah. am i ceo am i mentor yeah, am i it am i <laughs> you know, all the different hats that you have to wear as a micro business defined days so for example you would have like Monday's like meeting and admin day, like mm. or team meeting day, and then Tuesday's content day, Wednesday's content day, Thursday's business development day, like Friday's day off, or or you've got maybe like client work day, and then you've got like content development and sales day or whatever. So we like you know how some people say like success is in like the daily habits. We think the success is in the weekly schedule. So, because you can't fit everything in to a daily schedule, right? You can't do everything you need to do. You can't do all your client work, all your admin, all your sales, all your content no. in one day. So the idea of a daily habit for that sort of stuff doesn't work, but it needs to be a structured weekly schedule. And within that, there needs to be fixed times for things that you need to do every single week. Like you might need to have time dedicated to replying to emails, for example, right? And, doing social, creating content. But then you've also got project time. And project time is when you do like things that are gonna help you get more sales, save you more time, or give you more joy back in your business. And it's that that needs to be broke down continuously because people don't do that. They'll just have like launch webinar or like do SEO or whatever, you know, like pitch this. But it's, yeah, yeah. it's not organized. They just churn it out. They just churn their life out. Exactly what you're doing, then you can procrastinate because it's like, okay, now I need to like plan my sales launch, but I don't really know exactly what I'm doing for the next three hours. I've just put this time block in for three hours. What I'm actually going to do. So the first step is to like break it down, but then you just get overwhelmed. So then you don't do anything. So then you're like, just going to take a breather. Just going to like go on Instagram for five minutes or check emails just in case. And then I'll come back in 15 minutes with a bang. And then before you know it, an hour's gone. You've been watching reels and, you know, then you've just gone and done the dishes because, yeah. Um, and then that's it, basically. Game right, over. That's your day gone. You know what? <laughs> it's one o'clock now. I'm going to go for lunch and we'll just start again tomorrow with a fresh start. I'm going to get on it tomorrow. I'm going to get on it tomorrow. And tomorrow comes, you do exactly the same thing. Like, everything needs to be broken down. If it doesn't get broken down, it doesn't get done. If you're overwhelmed, you're not overwhelmed. You're just not prioritized and you're not scheduled. Yeah, it's great advice, that is. That's some really good advice. Do you know what's really funny? People, people give themselves a hard time over things that they can't even do. Like, because we... On our one-to-one -one program, we'll often like sit down with people, we'll look at the diary, we'll get them to tell us everything that they want to get done in the week, and then like what time they actually have to work. And I think especially if you are a lifestyle business, you're planning it around kids, like some people are only working like nine nine till three, and like that's a-okay if that's like the business that you want. But when you when we actually map out the tasks, 
we'll show them like look you are giving yourself a hard time but you've got five hours worth of stuff here that you literally cannot fit in your diary based on like the time that you want to work your business around mm. and then you're getting overwhelmed and giving yourself a hard time and feeling like a failure <laughs> because you like can't control time and space right <laughs> so it's like you need to be like the little if you don't have if you're not like working nine to five on your business which a lot of people aren't like you need to be more organized the less time you actually have to dedicate to your business you need to be more organized and like overwhelm happens a lot me and pete often get overwhelmed we don't believe that it's overwhelm a lot of the time we believe it's unorganized and as soon as the one person says to the other like mate i'm really overwhelmed today like the other one has like permission to say you're not overwhelmed like we're just disorganized like let's spend sometimes an hour sometimes a full day sometimes we'll literally spend a full day if it's like a particularly busy time we're feeling super overwhelmed just planning like the next month or two just to give us that breathing space and just to give us that feeling of like it's okay like we can get everything done and if we can't if there's literally not enough time in the day to do all the tasks then we can start prioritizing yeah. right and a great, what actually great we need to do what needs to be ditched what can be pushed a few months down the line and it just allows us to be creative, more creative in the creative time. That and a great way to do this is to literally map out. It's like we've got like a nine step process for this, but it's like brain dump all the projects and all the things that you need to do. This is like projects, not just like your daily whatever. So to work that out and then break it down into like focuses and, and projects. Yeah, you can write it down. <laughs> He's got a notepad out and everything. Yeah, We have a focus hierarchy. So at the top, it's like, what is your ultimate goal, you know? And then underneath that, we've got your focuses. So like, maybe like you want to grow your audience or email marketing or like scalable products. And then underneath that, you've got like the projects that relate to those three key areas of focus for the next six months. Right, and after six months, or you you can you can revamp that right because priorities change. But then you've got underneath those areas of focus your projects. You can brain dump just projects if you want, but it's good to have this hierarchy because then you can make sure that you focus on what's the most impactful. Because when you map out all your projects, you'll realize that some of them can wait, some of them aren't needed, some of them aren't necessary, some of them are just following the hype, some of them like are. You have to do them after something else has been done. So you can find what the priority is quite quickly when you do that. Once you find out the priority of the next project, you want to break that down as much as possible. And our, our definition of a task is something that you can sit down and do in one go without having to think about it. As a general rule of thumb to get you used to this and to challenge you, Think about it this way. If it takes you longer than 15 minutes, it's probably not a task. It's like a little mini project that needs to be broken down. So what is the next available step? So for example, if someone was to say to me, um, I need to set up a webinar, that's gonna be my next project. It's gonna be the biggest impact thing. Probably isn't, but let's say for this sake it is. Okay, set up a webinar. If you have a chunking of time in diary to set up webinar, not going to work, right? You're going to be overwhelmed. 
like first of all, like you're probably gonna have to research software. So you're gonna you need to put in time to research software. Maybe time to set up a sales demo call, or do a demo training, or maybe you'll put in time. Maybe the next task is, hey, I'm gonna post in the Atomic community or uh, the Shifties community, right? Like, what's the best webinar software? The second task is to like brainstorm the webinar topic. What's it gonna be? Third task is gonna be to validate that. How are you gonna do that? Well, you need to write an email to your audience to say, out of the, these three topics, what would you prefer me to do a webinar on? And so can you see how all of a sudden, just by breaking it down, like A, all of those things are really easy. Like I can brainstorm, I can post in a group, I can send an email to validate an idea. Those are very easy tasks that you can do in probably 15 minutes. But as a whole, it would have been overwhelming. And once you break it down like that as well, it also becomes more realistic how much exactly. time you're gonna spend right. on it. And therefore, you can decide whether it's a good idea or not to do. Because if you're like, this webinar is gonna take me like seven hours, is that gonna provide me the return for that seven hours worth of my time? Or would I be better off spending seven hours connecting with people on LinkedIn, starting a conversation, trying to get them onto a sales call and ultimately closing the deal? Nice. Great advice, really so, good advice. So actually by investing probably half an hour mm. to an hour of time reflecting on what you're un and unpacking it, you might save yeah. on yourself oh. money, but two loads of time down the line as well. So I, I've, uh, I've put my hand up as a pre previous really like Prince to Prince to practitioner, <laughs> a project manager before I was an entrepreneur. So um, you know my uh, my project manager hat comes out every now and again required to because also also as you know what I'm like uh, the I've, I have to have a, I have a conflict between creative and project management. So in my own brain. So I have to put the different hats on for planning. We do this all the time. I'm like, Sam, yeah. stop. We're going to go and spend like half a day on three-year vision and work our way back down. Now, co co it's like, it's a real skill. And I am rubbish at it. I'm going to hold my hands up. But that's the dynamic I'm, between I'm, the I'm two of you, know? Is that, I mean, it sounds yeah. like, I mean, that's something that I wanted to ask because I'm just conscious of the time. And I, want, and I know we wanted to talk about mm. the future and um, the conference as well. Um, but I think, you know, whilst we've got, a duo here and a duo there i think you know there is something about i think we all appreciate and love community and network and the power of that you know the, the fact that we're all talking today is a, a, a testament to that um and i don't think we, there's, there's much more to say on that but what is the benefit of having a, a it's, wingman it's, it's in funny this, this process one, right? of entrepreneurship at the start it's wing not woman. Yeah. the biggest benefit because you, you don't do things separately you do things together anyway so you don't have twice as much time but you do have twice as much of the wages to pay <laughs> so like essentially in half the amount of time you need to create like twice as much money which most people don't realize so that was always a challenge for us but as we have kind of developed as our duo we've become a lot more adept about what each person can do separately and what we need to do together. The benefits are 100% accountability and creativity and different skill sets because, for example, Andrew is like big picture pie in the sky thinker. The, 
minute of like, how do you get there? Not Andrew at all. That's not his forte. For me, I, that's what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with like the steps, <laughs> the process, like how do we exactly get there? Like I need to know all that before I can get on board with an idea, um, which we've had to like work on because sometimes Andrew will pitch an idea and I'm like, I don't get it. And I need to know the details before I get it. But the creative, like if you don't have someone, I'm not necessarily recommending that you go and get a business partner. I think it works for some people, not for others. However, definitely having people around you that are also ambitious really, 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 really helps. Like just having some people to like brainstorm with, ask ideas with. I've got this idea and someone says, well, what about that? And like, holy crap, yes. Like if I'd have actually gone ahead and done that, I would have been stupid, right? I'd have just not seen this thing. And on the flip side, it's like, you, you get two types of people, those that overthink stuff and those that don't think enough about stuff. And and you need you need both almost to, to progress. The best entrepreneurs in the world are the ones that make fast decisions confidently. Mm. However, it also needs to be a considered choice. So that's something to think about. That's really good advice. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Good lessons from that. So future, yeah. so future. So let's talk Ooh. about the the conference, which we're really excited to come to. And we, you know, I'm so I I wanted to come. I think there was one <laughs> yeah. in the pandemic that I couldn't make, or I think it was an online one um, that Lenka told me about. And I, I I've got a lot of FOMO from these things. So I'm yeah. really excited to come up to the conference as well with Sam and, and, some, and of some of our curious entrepreneurs. Which again, we're very grateful for your support in supporting them do so. Can you tell us about this this conference and and what can people expect yeah, and so and um, why like did you even set up in the first place? For the UK. So it's like it's like awesome. It's going to be the best thing ever, best thing since sliced bread in the UK, right? Um, people people from all over the world come to Atomic Con. <laughs> love, love that. The conference is here so that you can discover the world's best sales and scaling strategies to grow your business so you can get an avalanche of sales, so you can grow without the kind of headache of growth pains. And it's here specifically for small business owners and marketers. And we've got in some of like the world's leading experts, speakers to come and blow everyone away. It's happening June the 13th in Newcastle upon time. In the north, it's going to be banging. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a really fun event as well. It's not like a boring, <laughs> stuffy event. It's almost like a little mini festival. And um, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. And I'll, you know, I really hope a lot of people listening can can make it and get to hang out with you guys and us. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Andrew, what have I missed? Yeah, no I've missed some stuff there. No. <laughs> Can I ask you before you you add to it? You still, um, I still remember the leotard um, video um, that was going around. Was it for last year's years before? I can't remember. Oh, but... that was for that was. Um, no, there was a leotard in this video as well. Actually, oh, is it? <laughs> you, about... you, 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 <laughs> seen, you have seen it. it. The leotard video. It's pink, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pink one. I'm pretty sure. I've definitely seen the, the video. Dude in a leotard. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, there was a pink one. He was in a pink leotard in the Atomicon promo. Yeah, and then yeah, we did yeah, it online. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I remember these things. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I feel like that video, like, summed up the vibe of Atomicon. It's like, expect the unexpected. Like, our kind of ethos is, if you're bored, you're not going to learn, and you're not going to, like, implement anything. You're just going to switch off. So, we don't want you to be bored. We don't want you to be tired. There's going to be, like, a lot of takeaways. There's going to be a lot of light bulb moments. But, like, we also want you to have fun. So, we have, like, fun things to do whilst you're at the conference. We have two big networking parties, a pre-party and an after-party. So, I continue the mingling. It's a really just... We go full out on experience. And we found, like, a lot of the conferences in the UK really didn't value, like, putting on a great experience. So, that's why... To go back to the question of why we launched it, it's, like, th that was it. Like, we wanted yeah. to create, like, For example. That, like, when when we were first getting UK. going, we spent like, like the first five years of our business <laughs> doing like got all sorts of like we just did all the mistakes like everything you could possibly do we did it all and we weren't making a lot of money and we saw this event in America and we were like oh I really really want to go to that but like we couldn't afford to go so anyway I stayed up all night. And in the morning, I came back to Andrew and was like, right, I was really tired. <laughs> and I was like, right, we're going to go to this event in America. It costs like thousands of dollars to get there. Uh, the ticket's like thousands of dollars. But like, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to afford it, right? And we spent everything we could to go to this event. And we just learned like what the successful people were doing. And it just blew us away because we would have wasted the next decade trying to figure it out. And so, like, literally, the years after that, like, yeah. that's when Andrew and Pete arrived. That's when, like, everything happened. That's when we were writing books, getting speaking gigs. We're getting paid to speak around the world. Like, we were getting known as, like, the, the best digital marketers and the top 100 this and the best that. And uh, that's when we started to make a load of money, scale the business. And it's because we'd went to an event like that and we want the same thing. For other people we want our version of that event to do it even better so we know the reason why we're passionate about it is because we know the impact it can have it's had the impact on us and it's had the impact on thousands of people that have come to the event uh, it's there to just get them inspired fired up give them the actionable strategies the encouragement the support and the connections to actually go and do the things that they need to do to grow the business the smart way So it's like someone's like ignited Pete. It's like, like let's go. <laughs> so, social mobility, social capital, and it's something that, you know, from a curious entrepreneur's point of view, is something we talk about a lot. Obviously, the people that we will be bringing along to the conference need social mobility and social capital. I, you know, so again, you know, alluding back to the conversation with Pierce about one of the challenges that a lot of people have coming into business, they don't have that social capital. Being in the room is so yeah. important. It's so important. Yes. It's, it's everything. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you've got that network, you've seen it in the last year. Being in that room, yeah. having that conversation with that person can just bypass you all the way through to the organisation, to the decision makers. Yeah. Get the things you need. Get the aspirations you need, and, and go. Well, I yeah. can't wait. I think it's gonna yeah. be fantastic. Well, the most important thing is also the belief in yourself as well. When you get opportunity, and the young you know, people, that, they're gonna love it like, as well. Yeah, the and they're gonna love the the, the um, what you yeah. just said there, like last last thing we'll say maybe is <laughs> the expectation. It's like the be all and end all of your business. Where do you expect yourself to be? Because here, like here's something we'll say to entrepreneurs all the time. 
how much money do you expect to make this month? And when they tell us, we'll go, okay, well, you're probably right. And that to them is mind blowing, right? Because what if your expectation was just a bit higher? Well, then your actions and your decisions and your creativity and your time would be mm. focused on making it higher because you expect it to be higher. So if you don't expect to be a success, yeah. then you're not going to be a success. If you expect to continuously grow and get there and make X amount of money or have X amount of freedom or impact X amount of people, like you will get there because your actions will align to it. Right? Your expectation is everything. And when people come to Atomicon, we want to help them increase that expectation. Um, we want to increase their self-confidence, self-belief, and their support to help them follow through with it as well. Yeah. So that's really important. Nice. Love that. Nice, man. Well, I'm going to close it off with nice. one question. So if you had the opportunity to speak to your 21-year-old self for 30 seconds, I would say... With what you know content. now, what would you say to them? Like a, yeah, I was going to say I swear with that. Like, create a lot of content. <laughs> create a lot of content. Get better each day at it. Don't be afraid. Raise your prices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I think that would be about it. I would say get mm. get out of like your local mindset. Like we were very much for the first few years very local with what we were doing. Like we were and we to be fair, we did it well. Like we became known locally, but like we were I think we 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 were fenced in without even realizing it. Like and I don't think that's maybe as much of a thing now. Like when we started in twenty twenty one, it's like yes, there was like the internet and like all the social networks, like the main ones were there wasn't like super popular back in that point but like to 21 year old me i would have said like look further than like where you are currently at and like we like pete had to convince me like going to the states was an option like it took him like a pitch it took him all night in a pitch to me <laughs> it's like i would have slapped my 21 year old self and said just like take it earlier <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. Well, we really appreciate you guys. And, and, and thank you again for being champions and supporting the work we're doing as a CIC. And um, we're, we're looking forward to getting more involved in what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? What's, what's your 90%? Where, where, what's the main pl place where people can find you online? Our main place is our Instagram. So if you go to at Andrew and Pete, um, please feel free to drop the DM. If you've listened to this and watched it, you'll get a personal reply from me or Pete. Uh, our website is www.atomic.site. You can find all the information there about our membership, about our conference. Um, you can subscribe to our emails. We send um, weekly emails um, to our list as well. So yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to connect with you guys that have listened along. Perfect. Thank and we'll you. whack all the links in the um, description to the podcast as well. So thank you, thank you so much, um, guys, for your time. Thank you for listening. And obviously, if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please leave us a review. It makes a massive difference to let other young entrepreneurs, people interested in self-development and business know Thanks about everybody. it. Thanks, everybody. Um, Thanks for listening. For now, Hope it helps. see you next time. Thank you.